I'm going to give you a piece of advice that I wish I had known better in my 20s. You know that feeling of dread? The feeling of dread that you get right before you need to go to work. The night before you literally have a sinking feeling in your stomach and you're like, I would rather be doing anything else than having to go to that job. And by anything, I mean, I would even rather get hit by a bus so that I can be sick and take off. Of, I mean, literally, you would rather be hurt than for you to have to go to that job. Listen to that inner voice, listen to that dread and that feeling and use that as your motivator to do something better for yourself, to find that ideal place for you, whether you have to create it for yourself or whether that's at another employer. But don't allow your precious 20s to be wasted feeling that dread before heading to office and creating magic for somebody else. That was Vanessa Santos on TikTok which is how I first learned about her. Vanessa is an award-winning brand strategist, business and product executive with success in driving innovation forward. She currently holds a leadership role at MasterCard. She's a catalyst and thought leader for gender equality, brand amplification, product development, culture shift, and small business growth. I love that I stumbled upon Vanessa on TikTok because I'm in awe about how much she has accomplished but more than anything, that she created these series of TikToks that give advice to people in their 20s. I was immediately a fan. Vanessa is also co-founder of Bodega Records, where she partners alongside independent artists to enhance their brand, both creatively and on the business side. Additionally, Vanessa dedicates her time to advising women-founded startups and consulting female entrepreneurs at the pre-seed stage with the goal to empower women of color to flourish in their entrepreneurial ventures. I think you're going to immediately be able to tell that Vanessa is passionate about everything she talks about. And on this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with her about all the things you should hear if you're in your 20s or not. If you're feeling a bit lost, discouraged, unsure of what your next step should be, or like you're behind on that timeline you had created in your own mind, this is a conversation you'll definitely want to hear. Hola, yo soy Andrea Márquez, and this is Latinx, a show brought to you by La Red Hispana and the Hispanic Communications Network for the new generation of Latinx. This season, we want to focus on empowering you to follow your passion and be smart about chasing your dreams while speaking to Latinx from all over, de diferentes colores y sabores. Thank you for all of your support. Our community keeps growing, so make sure to join Latinx on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Latinx. You can also find out more on our website at wearelatinx.com. First time I saw you <laughs> um, was on TikTok. I it's so crazy. I love that you found me on TikTok. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the first one I saw was the one about the things that you knew in your twenties. 
and it was things I wish I knew in my 20s yep I wouldn't I don't call them mistakes I've pivoted and I've learned a lot of lessons in my 20s and I just I wanted I I started the the funny thing is I started that video series for my siblings because my I have a younger sister who's in college and a younger brother who's about to enter college and I'm like I just I want to just impart my wisdom and I knew if I just texted them in the in the group family chat that we have they're not going to pay attention but I know that they're on TikTok right so I'm like all right I'm just going to make this TikTok for them I just didn't think it would go viral. Um, and I ended up getting so many amazing responses from people about, I wish I had heard this sooner. I'm like, me, me too. <laughs> I wish I had an older sibling to tell me these things. Cause it's just some of them, you know, mistakes are good, lessons are good, but some of them could be in a, you know, you, you want to avoid some of them. And so I'm sharing the ones that you really should try to just don't, don't waste your time, money, energy, emotion on, you know? So I'm glad, I'm glad you came across it. I'm, I'm so that means that FYP page worked. I'm, I'm yes, happy. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I was really excited. The one I saw was on relationships and you said something like, don't focus on settling down in your twenties. And I think that's something we're all going through. Obviously that mm-hmm. resonated with me and I'm sure with many people, as you said, um, cause it's a constant worry, right? You're, especially for Latinos. I, I mean, there's this idea of like, Si no estás casada, or if you don't have a boyfriend or something like that before Exacto. 30s. No, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's like in my 20s, every time I'd go to a family gathering, y el novio. Why are you asking me about el novio? Ask me about my career. And so the problem is yeah. that you're conditioned to, oh, by now I should be married. By now I should have, I'm supposed to have a kid or you're not getting any younger. Obviously, I know my birthday, you know? And it's just a shame because I want to change the conversation and the narrative and I wish I had spent more time in my 20s not thinking about, you know, should I marry, should I not marry this person? And I ended up marrying someone that I shouldn't have. And I felt pressured and I did it and it was a mistake. And I ended up getting divorced. And it's like, so then what was all that for? You know, only for my family to be like, we support you anyway. So if you supported me anyway, what the hell did you let me get married? You know, porque every time there was a family gathering, you know, ay, tú estás tan linda, tú no te puedes quedar, you know, solita, ¿cómo te vas a casar? No one do they ask how's the job? What are your goals? What are your aspirations? And so, you know, when I think about my younger sister, I don't want her to be so boy focused and mm-hmm. feel like she needs to settle down, she needs a boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. You date around, girl, date around. Like try every flavor ice cream and see which one you like. But more importantly, focus on you. Mm-hmm. Focus on traveling the world making mistakes, living abroad, trying different jobs. I mean, literally doing things so that you know who you are so that when you find someone, you don't make the mistake that I made thinking, maybe this is the best that I'm gonna find. Maybe I should just settle down because you, you shouldn't settle down. And so I think I ended that video with, you are more than just settling down. Um, and I wish I, had, I wish I had told myself that and be brave enough to kind of say, you know what? No, I, I, I wanna do other things other than just be married and be someone's wife. City to immigrant parents. My father's from the Dominican Republic and my mother's from Ecuador. Um, they didn't know the language. And so being the firstborn as a first generation, you kind of have, you grow up with this immense amount of pressure on your shoulders to feel like you have to be the one to make them proud. You, you have to be the one to help get the family out of that scenario. And so 
our beginnings were incredibly humble. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have the level of determination that I had. And I was just trying to find a name and make a space for myself in environments that weren't always welcome to Latinas, especially to children of immigrants. And I was like, well, F that, I'm gonna make a space for myself. And so going through college and trying to figure out my career, I went through a lot of career changes and I call them pivots because I think it's an old school way of thinking that you need to be in one job, the same career for five plus years, two, three, whatever you call it. I think you need to go where your passion leads um, because where you, when you find your passion, you've discovered your purpose. And I learned that the hard way. I stayed in jobs that weren't treating me right. I stayed in jobs where people were taking advantage and, and I didn't even speak for myself. I knew that I should be getting paid more, but I was so afraid and just grateful for having a job, right? Because that's also the Latino immigrant mentality. Be thankful you have this job. Um, so I started my career in fashion and in retail working across up and down Fifth Avenue, uh, fashion merchandising, all of these uh, window displays that you see on Fifth Avenue, New York City. And I, I hated it, <laughs> it was terrible. It, the, the retail gossip culture and the mean girl culture, it, you think you see it in the movies, but it's actually real. Um, and because I felt like I never fit in, I was just always a very introverted kind of, unique individual, I'd like to say, so that I don't put myself down. Um, I never really fit in with, with the cool girl crowds. I never was into um, being out there with the boys and you know, putting myself out there in that way. And um, I just focused myself on work. And it was a, a chance meeting at some conferences. I was like, well, the only way I'm gonna see more than my current environment is if I might put myself out there. So I went to the library. <laughs> because I loved going to the library because I didn't have my own computer. And I went to the library and I was like, I need to find places. How can I find conferences? And I remember the woman, she's like, well, you know, you get on a computer, you search the World Wide Web. This, this is how it was spoken about. The World Wide Not that I'm that old, but I feel like a damn dinosaur now. No. You go to the internet and you start searching conferences. And I said, okay. So I remember Googling uh, women conferences. And I remember putting impact conferences. It was a, um, it was a fashion and technology kind of merging conference. And I went and I discovered just this other world of careers that I was like, oh my God, there's more than retail. Like there, there's so much out there. Why did college not prepare me for this? Why did my high school not prepare me for this? Like, how did I not know about these things? And so I linked up with um, some incredible people I started my own company. I, I had a, a startup that didn't do so good. We burned through a lot of capital um, and my co-founders were from Harvard. So I, but I took it the hardest because I felt like, man, I let myself down and, and I felt like they were finally giving this girl a chance who doesn't have an Ivy League degree and I failed them. And so that mentality stayed with me. And so from there on, I made a decision that any job I went to, I would research it heavily. I would argue and fight for my worth. I wouldn't just accept the first offer. And I would choose the people I want to work with as opposed to letting the circumstances and the environment kind of be like, all right, I just got to deal with it. No, you can choose what you want to deal with. So I went to another startup called guilt.com, guilt group, was an application that was about flash sales and designer goods at really cheap prices. And it was a massive boom. And I started at the bottom. I remember meeting the founder who is now my mentor today, bless his heart. His name is Kevin Ryan. And he took me under his wing, but he was very clear with me. He said, 
you know, you don't have the traditional background that all of my other co-founders have. Everyone there went to Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Wharton, Brown. I mean, just all these Ivy League universities. And then you had me who went to a city university and is from the Bronx and Washington Heights and had retail and had all these little mix, you know, different careers, but he saw something in me and he put me to work and he said, you're going to start at reception and every month you're going to do a rotation. And so the first month I was a receptionist and then I went into accounting and then I went um, as an executive assistant and then I went to marketing operations, product engineering. So I went through every single until he realized that one of my biggest skill sets is being able to tell a story and being able to connect the dots. And he thought, have you ever thought about business development? I'm like, oh, no, I hate sales. I'm like, I hate them. I, I don't, I hate selling. So I don't, I'm not an extra, like, I don't, I don't like selling. And he's like, no, 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 it's not the same. And I was thinking of like retail where you're like, you have a sales goal. You got to go, you know, greet every customer. Like, I hate retail. Um, and he's like, this is not like that. Business development is you're looking for additional revenue opportunities, whether it's partnership, whether it's marketing, whether it's influencer marketing to try to grow the business. I'm like, I could do that. And so through that is how I started my blog because I discovered the art of influencer marketing. I met a lot of these now big time influencers that I got to know very early on and helped a few of them with their online platform with this is who you should be partnering with. This is how much you should be charging. And I was doing that just out of the goodness of my heart. And also because I knew that they had a engaged audience and they were kind of getting taken advantage of. I'm like, no girl, you need to be charging for this. Like, why are you charging for posts? And I don't think that was something that was so common. Um, I started my blog fashion blog because I was invited to a lot of runway shows. I got invited to all of these parties, but after I left, um, guilt and my mentor said, okay, you've been here almost five years. That's too long to be in any job because what happens is you kind of plateau or you just get so embedded in the culture that you become very single and narrow-minded. And I am so grateful for him because he opened my eyes and awareness to it's okay to move jobs. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to have a different experience because all of that combined will make you even better for the real world, whether it's entrepreneurship or working in someone else's company. So after guilt, I moved to Observer Media. It was a longstanding print publication that was looking to have a digital footprint. And I was the head of digital and product. I had to orchestrate what this newspaper would look like in a digital world, created the website, the branding, the logo elements, the partnership, the revenue streams. I mean, anything with starting a business, I felt like it was my own newspaper. And I started meeting a lot of other women going to more conferences and realizing, God, there's, there's a lot of women that need more advice. They need more empowerment. We need more uh, networks, social networks to support each other because it was very divided, especially in the Latina community. I feel like we feel like there's only one job available for us. And so instead of supporting each other to, to open up more, we, we kind of crawl at each other because there's only one. And, and that's, that's what they want you to believe, but that's why it's so important for, for us more connected. Um, and through that, I met a lot of women and I started pivoting my blog. Cause I'm like, I don't think people give a shit about what I wear. I'm not an, like, I'm not an influencer. Like, who do I think I am? I'm not, I am, I am a career girl. I'm a career girl and I love motivating and empowering women because I knew how hard it was for me trying to, you know, be in this male dominated industries, because even though I was in fashion, all the senior positions were still held by men, um, on the corporate side of things. And so, I realized I need to make a space for myself and I need to create an environment where other girls feel like, all right, I get her or I'm learning from her. And so I spent a year at that job 
because my, my boss at the time was Jared Kushner, who is Ivanka Trump's husband. And so that, that world was incredibly interesting and just a little too political for my liking. And uh, again, I decided to pivot and it was like, well, what else can I be doing to challenge me? Let me enter the tech world. Never did I have any engineering background, coding background, tech or finance background. And there is this group uh, in MasterCard that's called uh, MasterCard Labs. And it's a tech entrepreneurial arm of MasterCard. And I really thought that that was just like, I'm like, this is awesome. Like I could, I could do this, right? But old Vanessa would have looked at the qualifications of a, of a position and said, I don't meet every single one. New Vanessa, after experiences, looked at this qualifications. I'm like, I will learn. And through the interviews, I was incredibly honest. I said, I don't have these, but these are my old careers. And that's how I could lend himself to this. And I think I would be a valuable asset. I remember leaving that day thinking I blew the interview. I was too direct. I was too honest. I got the job the next day. <laughs> Thank God. And so now it's coming on five years being at MasterCard where I've gotten promoted a few times. I've rose through the ranks and now I lead an incredible platform of women leaders within the organization, both within and without. And now my platform has completely pivoted to two main focuses. One is women empowerment and one supporting women entrepreneurs because I I know how hard the entrepreneur market is. It, the landscape was not built with women in mind and it's hard for them to get capital. It's hard for them to understand business plans. It's hard for them to pitch themselves because investors look at them very differently compared to how they look at men. Um, and so I've been at MasterCard for five years. I'm also building up my startup consultory so that I can continue to advise and mentor women startups. And I also have my record label that I founded a few years ago when I met my husband, who's a recording artist. So that's a little bit of how it, where I started and how it's going. <laughs> I get asked by a bunch of high school students and I, I mentor high school students and I advise high school students about getting into colleges. That's and so awesome. I'm glad you do that. I, I love doing it. It's one of my passions. It feels good, right? It, it, I, I really, there's something yeah. about imparting wisdom and helping someone navigate their their path that is so incredibly fulfilling I'm I'm also learning with them you know like I, I'm not right. like an experienced mentor or whatever and there's only like a one thing that I can that I feel like I'm equipped to mentor in right now which is and that's okay that's that's your yeah. expertise and don't look at it as oh I need an extra number of years or extra number of mentors to call myself a mentor you are a mentor the fact that you are giving up your you're giving your time and your knowledge and your energy to help someone qualifies you as a mentor. It's about those qualities, not about the quantity of time. And, and I talk to them about this a lot, obviously, which is you don't have to go to an Ivy League to be successful. <laughs> and even if you do, it's not a guarantee that you will be successful. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really, it's not the be all end all. It's not the fix. It doesn't mean that just because you went to Harvard, you're suddenly gonna like be the next Zuckerberg or something. Right. 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 Um, and it's really difficult to just like when you're imparting your wisdom to 20 year olds, it's really difficult to, for teenagers to understand this because they've been, we've been conditioned to think that that's what our high school life should be about doing everything and anything to get into a Ivy league Ivy college. League school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing in my high school. I was actually um, one of two because I went to an inner city school, right? Child of immigrants, you, you grow up in certain neighborhoods mm -hmm. and there aren't many opportunities, you have to get them. But I was only one of two 
that got accepted into Brown University. We were the only two that was considered finally two students coming out of here, you know, getting into an Ivy League. Actually, I, I got into every single college I applied to. Wow, and I chose to go to Buffalo University because they gave me a full paid scholarship. Because in my mind, I thought, I'm already helping my family pay bills. I can't get my family into debt. And so that was my state of mind. Mm -hmm. If you have the opportunity to get to an Ivy League, absolutely do so because those relationships could be uh, beneficial. But if you also have the opportunity to not and not go through debt, do that as well. You just have to do what works for you and not think about what society expects you to do, what your parents expect Mm -hmm. you to do. Because a lot of times the kids, what they do is they try to live out their parents' unfulfilled dreams. And that is so unfair because then they're creating a path that's not really meant for them. And then they'll do all this education, all this training to later find out, this is not what I was meant to do. This is not what I want to do. And I see that a lot with college. I mentor a lot of college girls that are also from Ivy Leagues that work at MasterCard that I try to shepherd. And the struggle that I see with them is because they also have this pressure. Whether or not you go to an Ivy League, there's always pressure. But then when you go to an Ivy League, I feel like there's this extra pressure for you to be successful. It's like, oh, you went to the school. What are you doing with yourself? What are you doing with your life? What have you invented? Who are you working with? You know, and, and it's, a, it's a, lot of, a lot of unnecessary pressure. And so... The questions that I get a lot are, how can I make myself visible? When can I get promoted? It's like, all right, hold hold on, hold on. The first thing we need to do is whatever idea you had of success, erase that. Because everyone looks at Kylie Jenner, self-made billionaire. Guys, people are born into wealth. People have opportunities. That is not self-made, right? Then people look at Jeff Bezos. They're like, oh, that's success, right? Jeff Bezos is like in his 50s, 60s. It took him 40 plus years to do that. And and a lot of the people that we see as successful didn't actually even graduate college, dropped out. But we need to completely erase what success looks like because what it's doing, it's marginalizing you and it's putting this incredible amount of pressure for you to feel like you need to be something in order to feel justified and to make proud of your Ivy League degree. And what I tell a lot of the women that I mentor is don't worry about being successful. You are going to be successful because who you are right? But success looks different for every person. And the second you graduate from college, your concern shouldn't be, I want to get promoted. I need a raise. Your second, your first thing should be, I want to work for people that care about me, that care about my growth. Because if you can go work at a Google, but it is a team of 50 people, you likely aren't going to get the kind of mentorship and career leadership that you need. But if you go work at a much smaller startup where you're going to learn the ins and outs of growing a business, that kind of experience is a lot more valuable than working for a large organization where you're likely coming out of college, just going to do PowerPoint presentations. So you have to choose your battles wisely and not feel like coming out the gate, you need to accomplish all these things just because social media is like, oh, success is this. Success happens for people at different ages, at different stages of their life, but it happens when they've been prepared enough and then they met the preparedness with opportunity. So I, I feel like the, the people who graduate from Ivy League sometimes have a lot more pressure because it's like, you got to show something for it. And I can only imagine how challenging it is. And my advice is always success looks different for different people. And why are you giving yourself so much pressure when the world itself is going to put so much pressure on you? Cut yourself some slack because you're, you're going to be fine. You know, you're not going to let yourself down. You're going to be fine. So a fun little exercise that I like to do sometimes is write down something recurring I hear about at work that I don't know a lot about, but I wish I did. 
My desk is full of a bunch of post-its of things I will get to later like that. Stuff like the stock market, real estate, really understanding healthcare, building a tiny home. Yes, I'm not sure why that's interesting to me, but I want to know. Or like fixing an outlet and a lot of other random things. Since the beginning of 2020, every month or so, I write down my top three things of all the things I wrote down on the post-its. Then, I map out a way that I could realistically learn a little more about it. For example, one of those things was programming or coding. I decided to sign up for a class on Code Academy, and so on the weekends, I go through the lessons. Now, will I become a proficient coder or programmer? Probably not, but I'm learning something new. I'm thinking in ways I hadn't really thought in before, and I feel motivated because sometimes when you feel uncertain about where things are going, it's nice to find something that's different, that challenges you in a different way and shows you that you're capable of so much more than you think. So, in line with what Vanessa talks about, focus on growth. No matter where you are in your career, be curious, try something new, learn, challenge yourself, surprise yourself, just keep growing. No one really cares. And I've realized that no one cares. No one really thinks about it. <laughs> but I had this pressure of like, I have to now be the president of some company or start my own company or I should be the CEO by now. Like what is happening? Why are you, why are you giving yourself this insane amount of pressure? I, I, I felt like that for a long time. And, and I felt like such a disappointment or, or like a failure because I had gone to these good schools and now I had nothing to show for it. Or I felt like I had mm-hmm. nothing to show for it. And then eventually, and this is why mentoring, I think, helps sometimes me more than the people I mentor, because through speaking with all of these kids, I realized that it's a social construct. It's a lie. It, it, you don't need, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. get out of college and education what you put into it. So 100%. you could go to an Ivy League or you could go to a silly city college. But if you're super involved, and I mean, I think there's plenty of proof that where you go to college doesn't make your define your success. Mm-hmm. Um, what you where get you go out of college it. is just a title, exactly. right? Is what you make of it, what you choose to make it of it. If th- those are just ways of identifying yourself. And what I, mm-hmm. what I say to a lot of the people that I mentor is if you want to self-identify with a title, you're minimizing your worth. You're minimizing your potential because you're not just your job. You're not just your title. You're a lot more than that. College is just a place that you chose to give your money to, to gain some experience. I chose to get the real world experience and that's a different kind of college, right? There's all different kinds of colleges. I just think that people um, sometimes feel the need because of the social construct to live up to certain expectations and be a CEO or a president. In fact, the majority of the people that I know that are incredible, that I personally know that are incredibly wealthy that are incredibly successful, that are on boards of companies, have been CEOs and presidents, they decided not to go to college. And then the people that did go to college are CEOs and presidents, and they went to fantastic universities, but they're still paying off college debt, right? So at the the end of the day, we're all human. The one thing my mom says, and I appreciate her and I love her so much for is like, we all go to the bathroom the same way, right? You think Harvard cares whether or not you have to go to the bathroom? Just like a city college cares. No, right. At the end of the day, we're just human. We just chose to label ourselves and identify with certain things because of the fact that 
it's a societal construct and it makes us feel somewhat accepted or make us feel somewhat seen. And I always encourage people st strip all of that and just be yourself. When someone asks you who you are and what you're about, it's not what college you went to. That's, that's not who you are. You're someone, like if I were to describe you, I'd say, Andrea, you're somebody who mentors, who cares about people's growth. You clearly have a passion for it. And so you are someone who is passionate about mentoring youth. That's who you are. You are, if you're a funny person, you're somebody that, you know, looks at the, the, the thing, the glass half full. That's who you are. What college you went to, it's just part of your story. It's just a chapter, but it's not who you are. And when you identify with those and I feel like I have to be a CEO and a president, you know, what happens is sometimes you will have blinders to the kinds of jobs and opportunities you're looking at without realizing that maybe the ones you're ignoring could be that your road to success because you feel like you need to do this in order for your people to be like, oh yeah, she went to that college. Of course, that makes sense. You know, it's all, it's, it's what you said. It's all what you make of it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's um, your story. It's your story to tell, right? It's your book. It, you have the pen. Don't allow anybody else to dictate how you move that pen. And, and how many stories have we heard about really about these people doing the right things the right way what is what's expected and on the inside they're dying they're just miserable you know because they're not following their passion they're following what's expected of them right I have friends that have gone to Harvard Law I have friends that have gone to med school I have and none of them are practicing law or or medical because they realized that they didn't love it. And what I say to them is that's all right, because now you have additional training that can be leveraged. Every experience can be leveraged and pivoted into something else. They have invaluable experience. So I call her now for anything related to legal. I'm like, girl, can you help me with this real quick? You know, but she's not at all in a legal field. She is killing it in the publishing world, completely different industry, but she's happy and, and she owns that. And it's okay. I think people are all often worried too. To, oh, did I make a mistake? Am I going to make a mistake? And they put all this insane amount of pressure. Everyone, ev everyone makes mistakes. Everyone gets nose. Everyone goes to the bathroom. I mean, we're human, right? The things that happen to you are not just exclusive to you. And so sometimes we get in a sense of, oh, it's just happening to me. Why me? No. Instead, ask yourself, what is the universe trying to show me? What is the universe trying to educate me with? Why, you know, the universe put this in my path for a reason. It's not why me, it's what is this trying to teach me? So um, don't be so hard on yourself. I can see it. I can see that you're doing it to yourself, but I also see that through your mentorship of all these students, it's being, it's rewarding you in a way that you're, you're realizing, you know, there's all these other avenues in which I can lend my talents to because mentoring is also a talent. It's a skill. You have to absorb that information and also be very tactical on how you share your feedback because high school students are impressionable. Right. And if you guide them in a very completely wrong way, I mean, who knows what they'll do with that information. Oh yeah. Trust me. I know the responsibility sometimes because sometimes they take things very literally. Like I can mm -hmm. say something very passing. That wasn't even the point of what I was trying to say. And then <laughs> they come back thing. next time and they're like, so I joined this team you told me about. And I was like, wait, that was an example. <laughs> um but it's it's just such a nice feeling to be honest yeah. that's um, why I made this TikTok series because I knew my sister and brother wouldn't listen to me if I texted them right or if I called them because they'll just they just see me as their sister they're mm -hmm. not going to take my advice as seriously I'm like all right well I'm going to make a, a video series dedicated to them and hopefully somebody will listen to it right because before then I had just made a TikTok 
talking about no one else watches my videos but me. I watch my videos because I'm like, all right, this is good information, right? I remind myself of all this information. And someone did listen. Someone did listen. Many people listened. Someone, people are listening and I appreciate that. Which tells you a lot about what is needed, what people want to hear about right now. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone that thinks they're too old to pivot or change careers or start over? I love, I love this question, by the way. Um, age is just a number. The people who feel like they can't do something because of the age, I say to them, your age is experience. Your age is how you look at the world. Your age has nothing to do with the kind of person that you are. You choose to be someone who wants to try something new and be adventurous and pivot and change. You can do whatever it is that you want. Your age is not a representation of you because I know a lot of people who are in their 40s and 50s that have started brand new careers, brand new lives that perhaps maybe now they're finally becoming famous or finally becoming wealthy. And no one is saying to them, oh my God, you did this, you did that at 44. They're just saying, wow, look at you. You finally sold your business for $15 million. Age had nothing to do with that. The person had something to do with that, their passion, their dedication, their motivations, um, their perseverance. Age is what you make of it. If, if I chose to be like, you know what, when I turned 30, I remember right before turning 30, I was like, oh, 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 I need to do this. I need to, I turned 30 and I'm like, I don't feel different. Was something supposed to happen? Like, because I had it in my mind that when I turned 30, I was old. Life was going to come down on me. I was going to start getting wrinkles. Like real life was going to, I mean, I had all these self-imposed notions of what was going to happen to me, you know, overnight when I turned 30 and then I woke up and I was, all right, no one cares. No, no one cares. No one cares as much as you think that people care. So advice number one, stop giving a shit. I don't know if I can curse here, but I curse a lot. (laughs) Stop caring what people think about your age, because it, it's irrelevant. No, no one cares as much as you think they care. No one's thinking about, oh, so-and-so is so is this age. That's you, that's, that's in your own mind. Let's quit that. Number two, that I remember the next day when I turned 30, there was something in me that looked at the age and thought, I really wish that I could do more writing. I really wish, and I was like, why is that a wish? I could do that, right? Nobody said to me, Oh no, Vane, you can't write because you're 30. If anyone ever says that to you, that person is small-minded and you need to let go of the small-minded shit and the small-minded behavior. You leave that thought for small-minded people. You as someone that's trying to evolve and elevate doesn't concern yourself with that. So my second piece of advice is just try it. If you decided that at age 50, you wanna be a singer, America's got talents there. And guess who always wins? It's always the people above the age of 40. Why? because people resonate with that. People respect somebody who's putting themselves out there because again, age is just a number. Number three, uh, that doesn't, your age is not an expiration date because, you know, this might sound a bit morbid, but we don't know when our expiration date is. Not a single person on this earth know when their last day is going to be. So if you're so focused and spending all this time about, oh, but my age and my age, you're spending valuable time thinking about your age instead of doing something, because what if your last day was tomorrow and you have no clue and you're sitting here at home worried about, oh, I'm too old to change careers. Mija, the universe could be like, tick, tick. You know, nobody knows when their time is up. 
age has nothing to do with it. People die at five years old. People die at 50 years old. Like it doesn't matter. People die. And that's the reality of it. So advice number three is just, just do it. Just try it. Because the worst that can happen is that you succeed. The worst that can happen is that you fail and then you have some lessons and then you have a great story to tell. So those are my three pieces of advice for people who feel like once they've hit a certain age or certain ages and they can't do what they want, you could do whatever if you want. Me, I, anybody pays my bills? No, I pay my own damn bills. I'm gonna do whatever the F I want, whether you like it or not, right? It's my life. And, and I just wish people would stop putting age and associating age to whether or not you can do something. My husband, for example, he's a recording artist and he's 28 years old. And I remember when I first met him, his, the people he were working, was working with before said to him, if you don't make it by this age, you're not going to make it. No one's going to care about you. That's when he was like 23. By 26, he was having a full on meltdown because he was like, oh my God, my career's over. His career finally popped off and kicked off when he and I started working together at 27. Now he has mi millions of streams, has been on global international music charts at 27 and now at 28. That didn't matter. Like you think anyone was like, oh, I don't want like this song because this person is in their 20s. I'm not going to listen to Celine Dion because she's in her 50s. I don't like Beyonce because she's in her 30s. Age is just a number. I used to beat myself up about it. I really was like, when I turn 30, my life is over. And what do I have to show for it? And I had done a lot. I had mm -hmm. purchased property. I had acquired and sold businesses. I had made a significant amount of money for my age. I had also lost a lot of it being silly. And I thought, oh my God, what do I have to show for it? And then when I look back, this is why I started the series as well. When I look back, I'm like, what was wrong with me as a 20 year old? Like, why, why was I thinking like this? Like, in mm -hmm. fact, my life started when I turned 30 because I realized that's just a number. Mm -hmm. If I focus my energy today, worrying about, oh my God, tomorrow I'm going to be a day older. I could die tomorrow. You think yeah. the universe cares how old I am? No. When it's your time, it goes your time to go. Whether you're five, eight, 15, 23, 27, 45, 88, it, no importa. It, it does not matter. So don't spend your time worrying about, you know, can I change careers? Maybe it's too old. Maybe someone won't respect me. Maybe it's too late. Mm -mm. Everything can be spun into a story, but only you can tell that story, but you have to believe it. Um, I don't think anyone tells Jeff Bezos, you are too old to be a billionaire. Right. People just care that he's a billionaire. Right. No importa. So just live your life. But my dad's always like, do whatever makes you happy. At the end of the day, like, if you want to go oh, and... That's so amazing. I love that your parents support you because... Yeah. There are a lot of parents that don't and there mm -hmm. are a lot of people that I mentor who are living their parents unfulfilled dreams and it's mm -hmm. so sad because um I hate to say it this is your life not your parents life mm -hmm. because when they're long gone because eventually they're gonna die mm -hmm. right you're gonna be like the fuck they're gone yep. now yep I was living their life what now yep absolutely yes yes it's and they tell me that well my dad more than anything tells me that a lot my mom is como mujer siempre I think her like main worry for me is like, when are nietos? I want grandchildren. When am I going to get that? <laughs> Other than that, that my mother really have a lot of worries. <laughs> that was my mother. And the way that I calmed my mom down with that, I said, mommy, I, I want to be rich. I want to be successful. I want to inspire and motivate millions of people. And in my life, I see myself doing that first. 
If children happens, it's a blessing. If children doesn't happen, I'm still going to move on. Mm-hmm. Entonces, para de preguntarme about having kids. And it was just like an honest conversation. Mom, just stop asking me, please. I want you to respect me. I want you to stop asking me. And she, and she dropped it because there was a point mm-hmm. where, you know, every Latino family would go to mm-hmm. parties. Y el novio, I was like, el novio is dead. <laughs> you know, I, I would have to just be so sarcastic yeah. so that they can let it go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'll tell you about my business idea. Do you want to hear it? And then the conversation changed because they don't also mean to be antagonizing mm-hmm. and annoying. I mean, some I, some are, right? Because they just do that. But I know my family didn't come from a place of negativity. They they love me more than anything. In fact, um, yesterday I had the most revealing conversation I had with my family. I finally admitted to them one of my big goals that I'm doing March 1st. And I, I can't even put it out there because I'm under so many contracts, but I shared it with her and I said, I need you to respect me because it's it's different than what you wanted me to do. And it basically has to do with me going on my own and, and finally investing in my business and finally investing in myself. Because I had a thought, you can't grow something to 100% or more if you're not giving it 100% of your attention. And right now I'm split in so many different ways. And as much as I love all the work that I've done for these big organizations, I want to create magic for myself. I want to create magic for my business. I want to create magic for our record label. And I can't do that if I'm under someone else's payroll, if you if you catch my drift of where I'm going. So I said to her, I'm going independent and I'm going on my own. And for a second, I held my breath and I was waiting for her to just be like, ¿Qué tú haciendo? Your, your benefits, you know, typical things. And she was like, mija, you have never failed in life because you always are, um, what is she's like, tu eres positiva and you are guerrera and you will always do what you want and you will always figure it out. And that's something that I've always loved, admired about you. So I support you hundred percent. She goes, I may not have much, but I support you. I was like, mom, I don't need anything, but your love and support. And after that, I hung up and I was like a puddle of tears because for some reason I had built this. The story I told myself was my family's not going to understand why I would leave this that I've built, you know, in corporate America to do this that has no guarantee. But as somebody in her mid thirties, I'm doing it. And no one is saying to me, oh, but your age. No. In fact, people are saying, I'm surprised you didn't do this. You have a story to tell. You have experiences. You have a wealth of knowledge that you've accumulated. And I would regret it if I didn't try. The worst thing anyone could ever do is to have regret. The worst you could ever do is look back, which which I've done. I've done that about my 20s. I look back and I, I cry about why did I do this in my 20s? Why did I get married? Why did I spend over $100,000 on a wedding? What was I thinking? I could have invested that money. I could have bought property. I could have invested in myself, but I was too afraid to do that. Now I'm not. Now it's like, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I have to offer. If it works out, awesome. And if it doesn't, I'm going to figure out something, right? Because you're not going to let yourself down just like I'm not going to let myself down. If you're looking for a community or a mentor or you would like to meet new people, I know it can be kind of weird to do it during a pandemic when you most likely won't be able to see anyone in person. But here are a few recommendations. Reach out to someone directly, either on social media or through email. Introduce yourself, make a direct ask, and let them know what you hope to learn. Don't take it personally if this person doesn't have time. But also don't be discouraged. 
There are also a lot of networking groups and virtual get-togethers on Meetup, or maybe through your alumni network. In short, where you look, you can be sure to find someone who is willing to help or offer some advice. So don't be afraid to connect with others. And as always, you can connect with us at Latin Nikki's. And there are a lot of students that feel the pressure of, oh, I need to, I need to be a lawyer. You know, my family's all full of lawyers. Cool. Are you going to be happy in litigation? Are you going to be happy drafting up contracts? Like if that, if that's how you see yourself spending your, your life, more power to you. But if that's not how you see it, you don't do it because at the end of the day, your parents are still going to love you, whether they want to admit it or not, because they likely are stubborn, right? They're stuck in their ways and you're not going to change that behavior. And so what I say a lot to people as well is stop trying to change the behavior. Just make them see and understand because you're not going to change who they are, right? There's certain habits you have that people, you, no one's going to change because it is who you are. There's certain habits I have that no one's going to change it. Like I like my coffee iced. No one's going to change my mind about that. But Someone can try to show me why certain brands of warm coffee is nice and I could experiment it and try it. I won't judge it, but I still want my iced coffee. And so the idea is stop trying to change someone's point of view. In fact, just educate them and try to reason with them. And if you don't get the support you need, do it anyway. We talked a lot about mentorship, more than mm -hmm. I thought we would, which is awesome because, and it's something that we both have in common in the sense of we love guiding people, helping mm -hmm. people, just being a resource of any kind. And so something that I should tell you is I didn't know what mentorship was until a little while ago um, <laughs> because I don't know if it's like a Latino thing. I think it's a Latino thing because I asked all of my friends and they're like, what's that? Um, it's a Latino thing. We don't know what mentorship is. It's the Latino mentality is you figure it out. Mm -hmm. Hazlo tu solo. Don't ask for help. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, you got to go at it alone. And it's so bad because you don't have to do things alone. Outsourcing or, or asking for help shows strength. You know, being asking for help is not a sign of weakness. And I do think a Latino thing is, is that because I had no idea myself what I'm, it wasn't until I entered corporate America when I became more senior, when someone asked me like, Hey, can you be my mentor? I was like, what? You know, but I, now that I think about it, the per, the people who are my mentors, we just never had that official, like, you are my mentor. I, you know, I'm going to mentor you. It just happened naturally. And I think about that as like, God, these people were mentoring me. I'm so grateful for that. And now when, when I remember when someone asked me, you know, can you be my mentor? And I was like, on what? Like for, I was just so perplexed because I'm like, you want me to give you what advice? I could, I could give you advice. And they're like, no, mentor me. And I'm like, Hmm. So like, you want me to be your godparent? You know, like, it's just Latinos didn't don't there's no such thing as mentorship in the Latino vocabulary. Well, not not, you know, in my growing up. I don't know about you. No, absolutely not. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know until a little while ago because my some of my friends in D.C. who are not Latino told me about that. They were like, I suggest you find a mentor. And I was like, find what is mentor. that? And what is what does a mentor even do? <laughs> and so I looked into it a little more. And um, what would be your advice to find a mentor and what, you know, like now that we know what a mentor is, what, mm -hmm. what does the right mentor look like for you? So there are many kinds of, of mentors and there's also a difference between a mentor and a sponsor, right? A mentor is someone that tries to guide and shape you and gives you advice. A sponsor is someone that actually um, takes a stake in you and advocates on your behalf. 
if there's an opportunity for, for a raise or a promotion. And so my recommendation would try to be to find both, but to start with a mentor. A mentor can be found through many channels. It could be someone that you look up to. It could be someone that you admire and know, and it doesn't always need to be in your, your place of work. If you could find a mentor in your place of work, fantastic. But if you can't, go to a different place of work or go to networking opportunities or ask another friend to mentor. I mean, the idea is for you to be a bit vulnerable and say, okay, these are the things that I wanna accomplish. What do you suggest of these things? What would you suggest I do to help me get there? And the mentor's job is to help guide that, is to help inform from their perspective, their knowledge and their point of view. And so a lot of the times I tell uh, people who will send me a message on LinkedIn, how do I find my mentor? You just reached, I mean, you just did it, right? You're, you're asking someone, but you have to build a rapport because it's also hard to mentor a complete stranger because you need to start building that relationship. So I start by your, your immediate social circle, your immediate workplace, who, is, who in your job is doing something that you like or who in your job is doing something that you may wanna do. Ask them for coffee, try to build that relationship. Ask them, how do you, you know, what does your job entail? How did you get there? Just try to be inquisitive and ask because this is why podcasts are successful. People love talking about themselves right? I can talk to you about myself all effing day. The idea is you just give that person the space to talk about their journey. And then as the relationship evolves, they'll ask you some questions in return. And if you feel like you're struggling, don't be afraid to say, hey, I, I'm feeling stuck with this, whether it's a work problem, a life problem. Do you have any advice on how to navigate that? And then that person giving you the advice, eventually you start building that mentor relationship. But it can be someone in your workplace. It could be someone um, that's a friend that you admire. It could be even someone on Instagram. I've had people reach out to me on Instagram and say, listen, I have you know, a struggle with this. Could you mentor me? I, I would be honest and say, my, in terms of my one-on-one -on -one mentorship, my bandwidth is full. However, I will happily guide you through the challenges that you have because I would never not want to help someone that is really in need of advice. And so I get a lot of DMs with random questions about work, relationships, and I will happily answer. And sometimes that's all that person needs. So finding a mentor is important. Uh, find it at your work. Try to find it on LinkedIn. Go to conferences and try to meet people. Um, reach out to people on social media, even on TikTok. Um, for me, the way that I found my mentors was through work and through mutual friends. There was a friend of mine who worked for another company and her boss, I was like, oh my God, her boss is amazing. Like I need, I need, I need time with this woman. And I was like, can you make an introduction? She made an introduction and we just had coffee dates and, you know, eventually the relationship involved and I would send her a question and be like, you know, I know you've done this before. Would you mind giving me any insight? And then eventually our relationship evolved, but that, that took about a year. Right. And so it doesn't always happen immediate. Just have some patience, but it's okay to ask people for help. It's okay to ask people about how they got there and why and what they can do, because most of the time you'll find that people are willing to help. And if someone isn't, you don't want that person as your mentor anyway. One last thing before you go, yes. where can people learn more about you, follow you, um, DM you, everything? How can we know more awesome. about Vanessa? So the simple thing about uh, my handles is that they're all the same. It's at La Vida Glamour, L-A-V-I-D-A and the word glamour. La Vida Glamour started as a blog because that was just the blog. It was about mm -hmm. wanting to live the glamorous life, but in your own way, right? In your own life. And now that's morphed and more of an empowerment platform. But I've just kept the handle just because it has a sentimental value. So it's at La Vida Glamour on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. And my website is also lavidaglamour.com. Perfect. And, that and that's where people can reach out to me too, if they need some okay. mentorship. Send me your questions there. I'd be happy to answer it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode with Vanessa Santos. 
You can find all of her information in the description of this episode. Remember to support us by rating this podcast on Apple, because as you know, this will help us continue to work on the show and bring on guests who inspire you and motivate you. This is Latinx. I'm your host, Andrea Marquez. Thank you for listening.